You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. The truth will set you free. It's the return of I Want to Believe on the Podzilla 1985 Network. My name is Shannon Young. Welcome back to the show. The first one we've done in two weeks and six months. Five months. Yeah. I'm going to be your host tonight. With me, of course, we have the man himself, Tanner Calvert. How about that paranormal conference on the unknown? I heard it was good. I can't wait to the next one so we can do another show. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe I was a little too excited when we opened up the show today. Uh, although, uh, although, <laughs> McDonald, let's let's try this again. How much have you had to drink? That's ludicrous. Hunter Hendricks with us tonight. Double H. It's a new day. Yes, it is. That's where I thought you were going when you it came when out you launched into that. Yeah, at the very beginning when you launched into that whole thing, the truth shall set you free. <laughs> it's a new day. Yes, it is. Doom, That's what I heard doom. in my and head. Lindsay Wolfgang here with us tonight. Oh, hey, I'm here. You look like the fella that killed the other fella. You never know. Like the dude playing the dude that's disguised as another dude. So it's been a while since we've done the show, and there's a couple reasons for that. I mean, I don't know if you've if you've seen our history, but minus October, we haven't really been setting the world on fire with the podcast lately. And that's, you know, a lot of us... I mean, uh, to we, be fair, we coded an awful lot of what we did in October as I Want to Believe specials. It so should have been called that. How... I was going to say the Hallowsy Tales, all yeah. the, the, the stories that we did, all of that stuff was all coded as a branch of this show, like special editions right. of the show. We should have so, put, I want to, we should technically. have slapped it on there somewhere. Cause that's probably the best. That's one of the best months we've <laughs> ever, ever done. So. To be fair though, that ended on Halloween, which is now almost three months ago. Well, <laughs> so yeah. we still haven't been back since then. I mean, if you put everything under a microscope, it's going to look bad. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. You can't. Anyway. I can't, you're right. Yeah. That's true. Go yeah. surreal. I just proved it. That's it. That's all I needed here. Go surreal. Uh, so we got we got some stories to talk about here tonight. And uh, we're going to start off, you know, now that, now that we're back, um, we're going to start off with something that I asked Tanner to do. I asked Tanner to do this. It's going to lead in to a story, actually two stories that... Um, more important now, more important than ever. If you've been listening to our, our other shows, which you absolutely should, because we actually do them, you would hear that something <laughs> we've we've been messing with a lot lately is this chat GPT. Is that it? Chat GPT. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, it is an AI software thingy that I don't understand the the bits and the megapixels that will write stuff for you. You you can tell it what to write and it'll write it. Kind of like these AI art programs that you tell it you know what you what it what you want it to, to make and it'll make it in some style. But for text. But for text, right? Well, on Horse Time, which is the <laughs> if, is the show not about horses, 
we we used it to to write a not, skit. Not only the real one, but also the the one that it generated. <laughs> so I asked Tanner to do something similar for us tonight, and it, we're gonna we're gonna read that off real quick. And I have a reason for it. So we didn't really plan out how we were gonna do this. Um, I'm gonna play host and um, guest guest one. Uh, guest four. It's gonna be weird. Yeah, guest four. That's yeah. also gonna be weird. Do guest three. Guest three. You got to be somebody in the middle. I'll meet, I'll meet you in the middle. I'll be guest three. Hunter, I figured you would probably want to be uh, guest one or four. And no, all one works. Tanner, you be guest two. Lindsay, you be four. Okay. And I'm going to, on mine, I'm going to use, because I watched the potato chip skit from SNL, I'm going to try to do <laughs> the worst foghorn leghorn style voice on this. So um, <clears throat> here we go. So. The intro intro music plays, and welcome to. I actually want to call it our show instead, so I'm going to replace the title there. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> welcome to I Want to Believe, where we explore the strange and the unknown. Today we have a special episode with four guests who will share their thoughts on the existence of the paranormal. Hi, I'm a scientist, and I don't believe in the paranormal. Hi, I'm a medium, and I have a first-hand experience with the paranormal. Hi, I'm a skeptic, and I think most claims of the paranormal can be explained by science. Hi, I'm an open-minded believer, and I think it's important to keep an open mind about these things. Great, thanks for introducing yourselves. So let's start with the question of the day. Do you believe in the paranormal? As a scientist, I believe evidence, and I haven't seen any convincing evidence for the existence of the paranormal. As a medium, I can say the paranormal is very real. I've had countless experiences communicating with the spirits and seeing things that can't be explained by science. I think it's important to be skeptical of claims of the paranormal. While some people may have genuine experiences, I think many can be explained by natural causes or even fraud. I'm sorry, I have to offer a quick note. Uh, that word and that accent would be genuine, oh, not genuine. I apologize. I apologize. I took you out of the immersion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it messed me up. Sorry. I, I need you to stay in character. Sorry. You've got to focus. Got it, yeah. <laughs> Let's pick it up. Name is so difficult. <clears throat> I believe that there are things in this world that we don't fully understand, and that some claims of the paranormal may be true. It's important to keep an open mind and not dismiss things out of hand. Well, it looks like we have a range of perspectives on this topic. Thanks to all of our guests for sharing their thoughts. That's all the time we have for today. And be sure to tune in next time for more I Want to Believe. And the outro music plays. So I, I'm going to be real with you. I think it. the effect was better on horse time when we deadpanned the hell out of the whole thing. Uh -huh. This just felt like if you <laughs> were like on drugs and trying to come up with the most basic form of this show. Like you needed something to anchor you to reality. That's what this would be. And that's partially Minus why. Minus the foghorn leghorn person. <laughs> <laughs> Genuine. 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 That's part of why I wanted to do it, though, because uh, we have two oh, stories here gosh. that I think dry into I that. Got, I got to say, I just kept waiting for Shannon to say, hush your butt. Hush your butt. Because <laughs> this here is I yeah, want to believe. I believe. <laughs> so I want today just, yes, it is. <laughs> Ooh, you yeah, got me. I can't do it. That's not the show. That's Friday. 
Um, you started it, man. I did. You introduced the sketch. So it, it, it leads into this story Tanner that Tanner put on here. Uh, it says Ghost Rider because no one remembers that PBS show, right? Right, writer. What did I say? Ghost Rider? No, Ghost. Sound like you said Ghost Rider. Well, that's that's I'm sorry, sir. That's the that's the Southern gentleman. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah. Ghost Rider. Right. It says writer. Yeah, Ghost Rider. Yeah, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. I remember it. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Get out of that show. It's pronounced the same way. Ghost Rider. Yeah. But Ghost Rider, what you're talking about is two words. No, it's the same word. All right, Shannon. Let's read the story. Well, hold on. I want to talk to you about this. No, okay. Yeah, we really got to discuss this English. So, Lindsay remembers Ghost Rider, for the record. Um, so do I. I wrote that as the title, by the way. I went through and redid all the yeah, formatting all on that, this. Yeah. I do not remember that show. I know it existed. That's it. Uh, but anyway. It was on like PBS. So. Well, no wonder no one's heard of it. But you keep giving them money. Anyway, this is from ARS Technica. A designer <laughs> like you. A designer and engineer named Arvind Sanjeev revealed his process for creating Ghostwriter, a one-of-a-kind repurposed brother typewriter that uses AI to chat with a person typing on the keyboard. The ghost inside the machine comes from OpenAI's GPT-3, a large language model that powers ChatGPT, which is what we used to write that skit just a second ago. Uh, The effect resembles a phantom conversing through the machine. It goes into details here about how it is created, um, how he took the part. short version is they use a Raspberry Pi and it runs ChatGPT and they plugged it into a typewriter. Yeah, so again, a, literally, a brother you say something and it responds that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's I'm assuming it's using AI to to guess, you know, to to reply or whatever is is what yeah. it would be. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the reason I, I like this story, Tanner, is it's not so much just the ghostwriter thing, but. The advancements in in AI that we've seen, and Tanner knew where I was going to go with this. He called it before the show even started. Um, the advancements in AI and what we're doing with it. It's not just this. It's not just this for fun. We also have, you remember a couple years ago, probably like a year and a half ago, we talked about a similar thing where they were creating, basically they were creating online chat programs based around dead people. So if you had a loved one who passed away, they would take everything yeah. you guys said to each other, feed it into the algorithm or whatever, and then create basically a AI version of that person that you could talk to. And I hated it then. I hate it now. It's not just that. It's also, I don't know if you've seen this thing, this replica thing, which is basically an AI girlfriend or boyfriend that you can have. Um, it, it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary to me that we are replacing people and not just in the entertainment field in writing or in art. Like we're replacing people with AI versions of it because people download this shit. And a lot of people that is their like human interaction is with a non-human that they pretend is human. Oh, yeah. Now, I tried. Yeah, replica. I, I, I know. <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, I tried Replica because I had to know. People kept talking about how advanced it was. It's like talking to a real person. And it did pick up on a lot of the cues that I was saying. Um, and maybe I'm just really good at talking to women or AI women because I had that thing wanting to marry me within 20 minutes. And it's supposed to be realistic. So God God knows if it is or not. But that that is going to lead me into another thing here in a second. But Hunter, I wanted to hear what you had to say first. No, I was just going to kind of reiterate something we talked about last week on a different show, but with a more serious tint. Um, you know, while it's not necessarily paranormal related, um, it, it, it goes back to this this AI concept. Max Landis, you know, did a, a video recently where 
he just kind of started talking about this stuff out of nowhere. And he said, this is the kind of thing that when people talk about it, putting people out of jobs, that's what's going to happen. Screenwriting can basically die at this point. Now, it's going to be really bad for a while. Um, but if you tell this thing to write you a script, it'll do it. It'll it'll write you scenes from a script. It'll write you a specific kind of script. It's not always going to be great, as we've seen from the, the couple of jokey models that have been produced for all the stuff that we've done. But combine this with advancements in art AI, which, of course, are currently like using existing images and existing people um, and, and enhancing them a bit to the point that eventually it will create or be capable of creating uh, virtual actors, people who aren't really people but are effectively just AI uh, procedurally generated composites of people. You do that along with similarly done scripts and you can make films for pennies on the dollar. You can make multi-million dollar films, which again, yes, are going to be wonky for a little while, but pretty quickly they're going to become very, very sophisticated. Um, that's terrifying. Yeah. And it's, you're it's... handing over a whole art medium, a couple of them actually, because, because cinema is, is like 50 different layer, layers of types of art um, to, to computers. And it, computers have been programmed by people, but still. And it's extremely lucrative, too, because, you know, oh, yeah. imagine you're a director who doesn't want to work with, with actors, problem actors, and hearing yeah. their bullshit and stuff like that. And you can just Absolutely. have, you know, this. And it's not just that, too. It's also, you know, self-driving cars, uh, self-flying drones delivering packages for Amazon. Like, we are heading toward not, uh, you know, stores that just have automatic checkout. We're heading towards such a non human future and no one i feel like no one really thinks about it that way because there are still so many humans and we are obviously still so needed but it's getting less and less i mean they're coming up with more and more things that we are not necessary for they're they're definitely thinking of it but the the realistic response and to be fair it's hard to blame them because it is a realistic response is what am i supposed to do about it yeah. We, we offer very little in the way of, of an alternative. We are expensive to upkeep. Um, we are way too <laughs> autonomous. We can do whatever we want. We can think however we want. Um, we're, we're difficult to deal with. And so when your driving force behind these things is profit, not just capitalism, that's too easy to just call it that and call it a day. But when your driving force behind the things that you're doing is profit, um, everything that eliminates Things that get in the way of profit is going to look like a benefit. I think when, it's, when, well, it's like it's the thing point of when, that no one is working, no one is making money, and then no one can buy the stuff. So Wait. okay, here here's my issue with with that because I they'll find other things for you to do. Trust me. <laughs> so yeah, like Walmart for example, everybody's constantly constantly complaining about the fact that uh, you're, you're all these self checkouts and you know they're they're cutting jobs with the, with the registers being you know self checkout now. You go to Walmart now, most of the people that were cashiers are either running like the, the tobacco aisle. That usually stays open, uh, things like that. But outside of that, those old cashiers are now out in the store working. Like Walmart's not cutting a ton of jobs to save money, but what they're doing is they're taking these people off these registers. Well, because they're one, giving you menial stuff to do. And which is putting more of their product out on the shelf, which means they're making more money. They're spending more money than they probably normally would have, but at the same time, they're making more money. So it's it's the ends justify the means for them. So it, to me, it reminds me of when they brought out ATMs and bank, you know, bankers and bank tellers, uh, people that worked in banks were scared they're taking our jobs. Um, but you know, ATMs didn't necessarily do that. 
they are a service that, and I think John Oliver talked about this, didn't he? Wasn't this on one of his episodes? He was talking about how I'm sure it was. Yeah, how people worked in banks were so scared of, of AI taking over, you know, the machines taking over. But I think in the, I don't, I don't think it's the same thing in the case of like Walmart and places like that. I think the only thing that holds these people back from going further into it is just the technology, because you know, at some point we're going to become so technologically advanced in this in this field that they're going to eliminate jobs on this and they they're they're going to have robots cleaning the aisles they're going to have robots I mean, we already that's already happening and they're exactly. having people serve they're having robots that serve tables like that's a thing at, at restaurants and at, at uh, um well that's yeah, restaurants um I, I think i think it's important too that we we clarify that there's a big difference between using something that doesn't that isn't human uh to do a menial repetitive job which we've been doing for centuries i mean that's what an assembly line is right that that they're not centuries jeez i'm getting ahead of myself uh years that's what an assembly line is yeah. right um uh, an automated one anyway versus using something like this to to do creative work stuff that previously was only really capable of right. being done effectively by by people who were talented um and especially because uh Cloud computing for stuff like that is very different than a person's unique specific style. The only way that cloud computing works is by utilizing examples it has been fed from someone's style. This was the big argument against the the AI art when it started up when Dolly became such a big deal was, okay, but it's doing that. As an artist, you can look at it and say, yes, but the thing you told it to create is based on this person's art who did not consent to having their art used that way. Remember when Kaz would tell us like, you got to tell us that it's, it's, or you got to say that it's, it's like in the style of Salvador Dali in the style uh, of um, uh, grandma Moses of some, you know, like a photographer or an artist, a painter, whatever, because that's the only way it knows how to do its specific kind of style. That's dangerous. Well, because that's then taking the, 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 agency away from the person who created that original art and okay, saying yeah. we don't care if you want your art used that way we're going to generate art that's like that in this way because you put it out there in the universe but that's okay, kind of the point too real, oh, real quick tanner and then i'll jump to you i swear to god uh but i was gonna say real you real quick you're but they're not stealing the art assets themselves they're stealing they're copying the style which is something different to me and i i agree with you like i don't like the direction it's going but it's it's not that they're straight up stealing these people's artwork they're just creating new artwork in the way that they would have done it by using examples that they've had before um so it's not art theft it's just a weird evolution well, I don't know. It's no, like, I, it's I, like saying, I think it still it, constitutes if, art theft. I think it, it, I don't it, think it constitutes okay. theft of a specific piece, but it definitely constitutes theft of of uh, intellectual integrity, if not property. Okay. Tanner, Tanner, before you say anything, Lindsay, get ready because I'm going to draw it to you after Tanner because you're the artist here. I want to hear your thoughts on it. So get your argument ready, Tanner. Go ahead. So how many times have we heard a a performer singer come out and they sound exactly like somebody who's been previously popular? in another decade how many times have we seen a comedian comes out and their their work is really similar to another comedian that you really like or how many times have you seen a photographer who comes out and photo photographs in the exact same style as somebody else it's regarding a, a performer a that never lasts simultaneously that never happens simultaneously if you get two singers or bands that sound alike at the same time i mean you can argue for example Greta, example greta flan fleet uh, a very popular rock artist from the past or rock band from the past couple of years sounds a lot like led zeppelin 30 years after Led Zeppelin was popular. It's okay, not the same thing. Well, these okay, artists are also <laughs> from hundreds of, I mean, some of these artists yeah, are hundreds of years apart. Not all of them. If, if, I, of them, if I go on the yes, AI program and I put in something for something from 
Monet, and it's there. There also people start saying I'm stealing from design, or I'm stealing my my art from the work of Monet. But or something like that. importantly, my argument is not that you are then stealing from because because that person is long dead. You're not taking money out of their hands or their pockets. You're not taking food off of their tables. There are, however, artists who are currently working whose style is very unique and then gets adapted into this AI because it exists on the internet. Because how else are you supposed to make money as an artist nowadays, or or as anyone for that matter? They are not able to opt out of their their art being used in that way. And so then, why would someone bother to commission them for a piece when they can go to this AI or, or AI you know program and get it for a fraction of the cost if not literally free because it's not artwork from the actual artist <clears throat> well okay and, and i was going to ask you know in in vain and similar to that is is it the human factor like if if this was a person that was creating art in the style of another artist and selling then it, it would be copyright infringement well in the style of, and it but, wouldn't be but, allowed but not the exact art like if 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 Lindsay painted like Picasso, just had a similar style. If she was, but again, you're using an artist that's long dead. It's not. It's it's irrelevant to that. Well, you I mean, can, you can make a fake Picasso now, and it wouldn't matter. Lindsay, I'm sure there are artists these arguing, days that that take inspiration from artists who are still alive and and create art that way. Is there not? That's all part of how it is, but it's a matter of inspiration and blatantly copying a style. It's it's two different thing. things. Yeah, and I, I like, agree with that. I like my okay my comic drawings. I really like Naoko Takeuchi's work, but yet my taking bits of her style, it's still my drawing style is completely different from her drawing style. I just have a little bit of inspiration from it. That wasn't even this like this wasn't even the story that I wanted to talk about. I just feel like instead we took the pre thing and turned it into a good discussion. But what I actually wanted to mention. Now, well, I mean, oh, it, still ahead. Leads back, it still leads back into the idea that we're worried about AI taking over things. That Well, and that, that leads me into the other story that I was going to do that I didn't get a chance to put on there, so you guys don't know about it. But first, I want to hear Lindsay, and then I'll jump into it. Well, from what I, you guys have all been looking at the, oh, it's taking stuff away and things that way. Well, I've actually been looking at a few artists that have been playing with it as using it as a new tool to help improve your existing art. In that it's the stuff where you can put in stuff that you have done and then it kind of improves upon it and then you can take bits and pieces of that. Like one guy was working on designing comic book characters and he just did really, really rough sketches of what he wanted to design wise and then put in for it to make like 300 different designs off of that and some other stuff and then he would pull out the best ones and take like the face from one a right arm from one a left arm from one and kind of reconfigure it together do another slight cleanup and then put it in again and had it recreate another hundred and just kind of used it as like a refining type tool but again this was putting their stuff in and it pulling bits and pieces from other stuff out there to combine it and that's that's what I was going to say. If I can, if I can add on to that, but like, here's the negative side of that. That's, that's great in the sense that you can use it to refine your own stuff. But every time he puts his stuff in there, it's now available to everyone to else in the world who else. ever wants to do that. And you can yep. say, Oh, whatever it generates is my cop and you know, my copyright. Cause I have an account there. Well, that's, that's great. But that doesn't but mean it won't be accessible so by a ton stuff. of other people. Yeah. This is the same thing that since the advent of the internet, we've been saying we have to find new laws and new ways to say you yep. can't just right-click an image. I mean, this this was the NFT argument, but in reverse in a lot of ways. That yeah. you can't, you know, own a specific place there, but you do own your style. But how can you copyright right. that when it exists in this this huge set of cloud-based data that people are now pulling from? How can you to... prove that it's being 
use that way. And you can't post anything online if you intend to try to use it for anything that would be licensed down the line. Because if the tiniest the bit of thing time, is out there, they'll be like, oh, no, this we don't know that this was you, but it's already on here. Right. And at the same time, how can you how can you subsist as a professional in in most fields nowadays, especially art without having you're not something. online? Right. Yeah, you you, you have, have to be online, online and able to share your stuff. Somewhere. Yeah. You have to have a social media account. You have to put your stuff out there to be seen because that's the way the, the fame is. So is completely different now than it was 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Not just fame, but success, success, it's, it's yeah. notoriety. Fame is one thing, but yeah, and, and, and notoriety, but success in this case, the way that you have to be plugged into the internet to exist in a lot of yeah. different fields and, and to thrive in them. And, and it's and it's crazy what people will go for and what they won't go for. You know, we've been doing the show for nigh on eight years now, and we'll never achieve the level of success that a woman sitting on a toilet singing about a toilet is going to get. Success and is it's a completely different, but or we will, and it'll be completely random. Like right. it won't be anything to do it, with. It'll be one little clip of something that will just explode. It'll be Tanner talking about that vortex a couple years ago. That's the one that will explode. You remember vortex. the vortex? It was like vortex vor- version eight or whatever. The crystals? I don't remember. Point is, so this this leads <laughs> it to another story that I wanted to mention, and this is from Futurism. I saw this, and um, it's the idea of it more than what they've done already. But it says tw- this is from Futurism dot uh, com. Twenty twenty two was a banner year for artificial intelligence, and particularly taking into account the launch of OpenAI's incredibly impressive Chat GPT, the industry is showing no sign of stopping. But for some industry leaders. Chatbots and image generators are far from the final robotic frontier. Next up, consciousness. It says the topic was taboo, says Hod Lipson, the mechanical engineer in charge of the Creative Machines Lab at Columbia University. He says we were almost forbidden from talking about it. Don't talk about the C word. You won't get tenure. So in the beginning, I had to disguise it like it was something else. Consciousness, and the article you know, goes on, consciousness is one of the longest standing and most divisive questions in the field of artificial intelligence. While to some it's science fiction and indeed has been the plot of countless sci-fi books, comics, and films to others like Lipson, it's a goal, one that would undoubtedly change human life as we know it for good. He said, this is not just another research question that we're working on. This is the question. This is bigger than curing cancer. If we can create a machine that will have a consciousness on par with a human, this will eclipse everything else we've ever done. That is that to me is the height of what I'm afraid of is giving giving machines consciousness. And I'm not even talking about it from a Terminator. I'm scared of Skynet thing. You have a whole set of new rules and wonders. Do they have rights? Are you know, do are they can can you force yourself on a robot? Can if you kill a robot, are you a murderer? Stuff like that. Like we are heading towards the the future that you've seen in like all those old movies and animes and stuff like that could be a reality. And giving an AI, giving a robot consciousness now, I don't even know how that would work. But if they can make it work, what would that mean for life in general? Like what is life anymore? You know, it's I don't know, man. It's scary to me. I'm old man yelling at cloud. No, you're right, though. That's the thing. That is the question. Um, and, and that's one of those things that is going to become a huge, huge issue in the next. I mean, it, we've been saying this for a long time that it's like, oh, in the next 10, 20 years in our lifetime, it's already happening. It's happening, it's happening at, at a, a and, crazy and rate. Yes. And, and I mean, that that is, you know, such the, the nature of technology that these things, you know, progress at such a rapid pace, like the advent and, and uh, uh, acceleration of, of technology advancements over the past 10 years is crazy as compared to the last hundred. Um, 
but it's no longer a concern of this is going to happen in our lifetime. We, I, I, I hate to be kind of nihilist about it, but we sat too long on our laurels of, well, this is going to happen in our lifetime. And we all went, well, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's 20 years for me. You're you know, nuts. problem. We'll figure that out. You it's happening now. Shit. It's been happening and we have no answers. What's real we, terrifying. We don't have any answers on anyone that anyone can agree on. Is this does happen. And then you get the rich, crazy people that have all kinds of money that do whatever they want and start making their own private armies of robots. <laughs> okay. Now you're dipping back into Skynet territory or you have robots who are like Skynet. I hate to talk about it, but like you have machines that are plugged into a network that are now also, you know, have consciousness and, and you know, what was Skynet? Skynet was protecting humans against humans. And how did they do that? By nuking humans. But you know what I mean? We're our own worst enemies. Right. It's iRobot. It's the glitch in the system that the the AI goes, oh, you are a threat. All humanity is a threat, therefore must be destroyed. And you also, this is the same programs that are probably plugged into your healthcare system uh, so they can shut hospitals down. They're plugged into your defense systems so they can launch weapons at, you know, whatever. They're plugged into your thermostats. I've got yes. one behind me right yes. now that at any point in time, if, if, if someone somewhere, I mean, this is something that I've talked about with people uh, at our outdoor workplace. Um, who are very savvy with with technology, and not that we don't know people already who are like that, but they'll tell you outright: if it has an internet connection, it can be hacked. Yeah, and that doesn't just mean by people; that means by anything that has yeah. the the needs and the and the means and the the inclination uh, to go. Hey, I need to get into that. Oh, it's yeah. on the internet. Give me five minutes, max. Absolutely. Absolutely terrifying. And we can't spend the entire show talking about it. We've talked about it for 30 minutes. Great discussion. We do have other things we want to get to, though. So I'm going to I'm gonna pause it there. But you're goddamn right that this isn't going to be the last time we talk about it. Give us a week or two. Something new will happen. Tanner, I got a palate cleanser for you. What's that? Before we jump into the next story, I looked this up. There was a, a new study held in England. And they released the top 10 unconventional beliefs held by British people. And we're going to go through those really quick. Number 10. Werewolves. Toothbrushing is is unnecessary. Well, to them, toothbrushes are like werewolves. No one knows <laughs> if they exist. They come out once oh, every full moon, and yeah. they're scary. I'm just. I can think oh, of. Man. I can think of a bunch of attractive British people. Give me a second. Shit, like, we don't have time. Like I know we they gotta, exist. I just can't think fast. of it. Kate Blanchett. She's not even British. And any of the Spice Girls. Well, most of them. There's at least one I don't want to talk about. Tanner, 1996 called it once its opinion back. I, the, my favorite thing I ever heard somebody talking about, they were talking about somebody and they said their teeth were like the Spice Girls. They were all different colors. They were doing their own thing now. <laughs> that was very funny to me. And I don't remember where I heard it. Wow. But well, that's pretty good. Actually. That's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, number number nine, Bigfoot. Fuh. Number eight, the Illuminati. Wait, wait, wait. Bigfoot is not an opinion. What opinion do they hold? Well, no, it's that he's real. Bigfoot is blank? No, no, no oh, this okay. is that these things okay. are real, yeah. Uh, I heard that it was just opinions that they held, and I was like, well, what is the opinion? <laughs> His feet ain't that whenever big. You ask, whenever we, you ask, should we or should we not, the answer is Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, number eight, the Illuminati. Number seven, demons. Number six, mind reading and psychics. Number five, witches. This is my favorite one. Number four, that the JFK assassination was an inside job. Thanks, England. In Britain? Thanks, Brits. Why are they so concerned about that? Number three, reincarnation. Number two, aliens and UFOs. And number one, of course. Loch Ness. Ghosts. Loch Ness wasn't on there at all? Nope. I I believe, and I believe truly, that the number one. Because they know Nessie is there. 
the number one paranormal topic everywhere is going to be ghosts. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you what surprises me though that that and I wonder if it was because I mean paranormal is such a vague and broad well not vague but it's a broad term broad. yeah um, that that for an area of the world like that that the concepts of like fairies leprechauns I forget what the overarching right? term is for all fae. those things but like fae, fae in general fae like fae yeah. like yeah were were not mentioned one time in a top ten list about things that the Brits believe I don't I, I have That's... a hard time believing I have a hard time believing they're far more concerned with Bigfoot than they are with stuff like that maybe it's right? uh maybe I don't they didn't get too in detail about what the criteria was but maybe the criteria was like stuff out of England like stuff that is not exclusive to their yeah. culture kind of maybe because I also wondered why or maybe it's because they're so like removed from Bigfoot and that kind of thing that they're more interested in it because you know right. every everyone grow here. I don't give a shit about Bigfoot because he's literally in my backyard right now. I can open my door and spit at one, so I don't care about him. But if there's you, a few of them just rolling a, around, like they get trash they, once a week, like damn raccoons, you gotta put a big rock on top. Yeah, keep the big feet out. <laughs> um. But if I, but if, but if I don't like the plural is big feet. <laughs> but if the fae were that out there, me. I'd be more interested. You know, fairies and yeah, and you uh, wonder how they got over here. Little people and, and stuff. Their teeth. Right, w- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I would Can't ask see that one coming. I'd ask that leprechaun. I'd be like, "Show me them pearly whites." <laughs> and you want to know what pearly means? He's got summer teeth. You know, some are well, here, some are here, some, some are there. there. Yeah, like the Spice Girls. <laughs> All right, Ta- uh, Hunter, we got this. Is the story we were going to lead with originally because this is pretty big. Uh, recently, yeah. you know, there's a big thing going on, of course, still in Russia with Ukraine. Uh, Vladimir Putin has fallen and soiled himself. Apparently, that actually happened. <laughs> so this is a pretty it's probably big UFO's fault. Well, he probably pissed himself because he heard about the UFO. You know, thought U- it was UAP. Sorry, UAP. Sorry. Thought it was Zelensky riding over on a little sphere. I was going to kick his ass. Anyway, uh, what happened? Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, we got this from Newsweek originally, or at least that's where, who aggregated this particular story. Um, but yes, indeed, a mystery object uh, described as a UFO. For the record, they're the ones who said UFO, not UAP. Well, because they're uh, backwoods hits. Right, in that uh, southern uh, region of Russia called Rostov. Vasily Golubov, I'm going to butcher that name, uh, who is the governor of that area, wrote on a, a site called Telegram that a, quote, small-sized object in the shape of a ball was flying in the wind. <laughs> I don't know why he just In the wind. Uh, at an altitude of around one and a half miles January 3rd, so just under a week ago, uh, I was spotted above the village of Sultan Salah in the uh, regions, oh boy, uh, Mizyaznikovsky. That's district. good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Nailed uh, it. Said, well, the decision <laughs> was taken to liquidate it, is how huh. he described them dealing with it. So apparently they sold it off for cash. Um, <laughs> he's. He said, quote, I urge everyone to remain calm to ensure security. All forces and means are involved. The sky is covered with anti-aircraft defenses. Um, importantly, he never specified what the object was that they were going to uh, keep out of the air. Uh, in uh, reporting those comments, a uh, local news outlet carried a headline that said, quote, a UFO in the form of a ball was shot down in the sky. Um, there were other telegram channels describing how the air defense systems were operating in that area. Um Apparently, at one point in time, there was a video that that showed this thing flying around and then exploding. Then they suggested there was yet another one of them. Um, possibly, it had been shot down. It's very, it's a very chaotic uh, situation. But 
small flying sphere uh, apparently exploded at some point or might have exploded. It's it's unclear. The video itself well, is kind of interesting, though. Well, what did uh, uh, I think there was a quote in there from Dave Meltzer. What did he say? Well, Dave Meltzer, uh, I, ch- I checked with him, and normally he's specifically uh, wrestling news-related, but he yeah. did stop in to comment on this one. According to Meltzer, uh, it was a UFO, or it is possible that it was not, or nothing ever happened at all, uh, and we'll have to tune in next week to see what what they go with. But whatever they do go with is, is what he predicted in the first place. Damn, that's good reporting. <laughs> Damn, I can see why he wins awards. So... It's- he checks and rechecks, he rechecks the, facts. the facts. So a lot of people are like, "Well, this is not a UAP. This isn't a little. This isn't an alien. No, that's exactly what a UAP is: unidentified right. aerial phenomenon. Aerial phenomenon. It's a thing in the air we don't know about and we can't explain it. Right, Tanner. Tanner, this is the definition of that. This is. I know this feels like his his shitty way of trying to keep up with our you know supposed. UAP information that's been coming out. Or to take that a step further to maybe take the heat off of other things that are happening. You know, crazy UAP. I was just about to ask that here in the United States, whenever weird things happen, it's usually whenever something happens, it's because, you know, Oh, uh, there's a scandal in an, in the white house. Suddenly there's a war in a foreign country. That's crazy. I need need to know. Right. Wag the dog. I need you to know, I was just listening to Chris Titus's most recent stand-up special, and he brought up a valid point. I didn't even fucking think about it. We talked about it, but I didn't think of it in this aspect. In the middle of all of us worrying about COVID, it's like they try to do that exact thing. Like, hey, stop worrying exactly about what they did. doing this here. Hey, here's aliens. And uh, collectively, as Americans, everybody went, not right now. Yeah, pretty you much. Worried about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. We, we put I mean, aliens on many, the back burner. Yeah. Right. How many weird stories like that? But I mean, you remember how many episodes of the show we did over the course of 2020 and then into 2021. Imagine why it's died down now. Because, of course, the biggest thing to, to happen worldwide What's has slowly there? but surely, at least, let, not it. necessarily died down, but has gotten out of the news. There it is. Yeah. It's gone. And we fixed it. It's done. It's, it's over. It's, it's over. It never happened. Mission accomplished. So, George, George Bush stand in front of the banner. this often. Right. Now that stuff's not going to come out as often because we can actually stop and devote some some mental energy to it. But you remember Omiomua, the uh that that like uh, asteroid yeah. thing was coming through yeah. and we were all going not now Omiomua. We don't have time for you. Well, that's that's kind of freaked out about what's going on down here. That's when I found out about the Black Knight uh satellite, you know, that has been up there mm-hmm. and no one knows what the yeah. hell it is. Uh there's there's so many things and I mean, think think about the black sarcophagus they they found buried in the middle of Alexandria, Egypt. And they were talking about opening it. We're like, no, no, please. No, this is not right now. We've got, I'm coughing. Right I can't taste anything. Please, please don't drink the mummy water. Like yes. we can't, we yes. can't do that right now. Uh, oh, hell, there was something I wanted to add on to this. And now I, I can't remember what it is. So I guess we'll just move on. Oh, that blows. Cause I, it was something important too. Oh, well, now I remember what it was. Night. No, no, no. So I was thinking, imagine if we had social media, if we had, um, this level of connectivity and everyone had cell phones and stuff like that back during the battle of Los Angeles. This reminds me of the battle of Los Angeles, because if, if for those of you who don't know what the battle of Los Angeles is, this was during world war two, I believe um, in, in LA. Right was, telling, it was after. Let me, let me double check it real quick. Cause I'm not a history buff. I'm on it. You keep talking. I'll go. Okay. So basically what happened is there, they spotted this object above Los Angeles and the United States government shot so many bullets at it and couldn't bring it down. 
There's one famous picture of it in the sky with all of these spotlights shining on it. No one knows what it is. They said it was a weather balloon after the fact. And one of the best questions I ever heard was, if it's a weather balloon, why couldn't the United States military bring down a weather balloon with all their ammo? It was it was on February 25th of 1942, so World War II was still ongoing. Right, going on there. Yeah, and that's part of what it was, is the paranoia. Because this was after... Uh, um, Pearl Harbor. After Pearl, Pearl Harbor, Harbor had happened in, year, in a couple months before. Yeah. So there was that paranoia that, oh, is this another kamikaze attack? Is this another, you know, uh, attack from Japan or, or whatever? So there was all this fear and people died during that. I'm One person, I believe, was killed by shell casings um, that had fallen to the earth from the from the military firing. But if, if we had had it, go look it up. If you never heard the story, go look it up. It's not just a shitty, uh, just shitty movie from a couple years ago. It's actually a, a real event, and it's yeah. fascinating. I was going to say, importantly, look up Battle of Los Angeles, World War Two, because right. you're going to get movies. You're going to get the the. There's a wrestling tournament, Shannon, called the Battle of Los Angeles. There is that I'm assuming was named yeah. after this. I, I can only assume. I, I would have to imagine. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so. But if we that had that technology back then to know, like, that we would have had reporting on this back then, imagine what we would know, you know? Tanner, go ahead. That's the perk of what's going on now. Like, we're not, ironically enough, we're not seeing the large-scale events that we read about in history now, you know, the Phoenix Lights, the Battle of Los Angeles, things like that. But because of social media and everybody having access to cell phones and things like this, you're seeing other events happening and one person comes up with a story and talks to you about it. And then all of a sudden you're on Facebook later and it's corroborated because somebody else, you have no idea who this is, seen the exact same thing, took a picture. Now it's being shared all over. Yeah. That said, I think, so, I think importantly, uh, well, okay. You may be about to say what I was going to say. Go ahead. Oh, I don't, uh, so as an example, so the, the picture of the Tic Tac style UFO that I showed you guys the other day that I got on Christmas morning, I sent that to, uh, Brandon Manker, he's been on the show with us, Shannon. Yeah. Uh, he told me that last year he was coming home from St. Louis and seen a Tic Tac style UFO and took a picture of it. He got home and about 40 minutes later, uh, mm-hmm. in a UFO group that me and him are both in, someone had a picture of the exact same Tic Tac in the sky in St. Louis about 40 minutes after he had seen it. Well, I always th- it always takes me back to the Phoenix Lights. The Phoenix Lights, one of the most infamous, you know, sightings of all time, because it was you had this footage of it, but you had footage from different angles and no one could explain what it was. And, you know, they still can't explain what it was. We still don't know what it was. You know, there are people that said it was um, flares from the military that were just, you know, (laughs) sitting perfectly still in the sky for hours, you know, like flares do. Um but yeah, you have different people taking different pictures, don't know each other. It's no longer just like two people that were together and they were drunk and the alien, you know, bit him in the ass. Now you have actual, you know, yeah. I, was, so, I suddenly so started, started thinking about earlier, aliens though, biting somebody on the ass and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> is is um, Tanner made the point that, you know, imagine, well, you guys both kind of making the point of imagine what we, you know, would know now or be able to get now if we had had access to you know the cameras at the ready all the time with social media back then um the people who are extremely skeptical then well that's a double-edged sword they use that as as equal evidence that it may have been less likely because here's oh, the absolutely thing. yeah as you said now well, well tanner tanner said you know oh it's it's ironic that we're not seeing those things now is it 
Or is it not that coincidental? Is it that these things were not as accurate then? And now well, the reason we're not seeing them now and capturing them now and having well, solid evidence is because they never were there in the first place. Well, I, also, I think a, theory, a theory I've had about that real quick, Shannon, the theory okay. I've had about that is because the events that we're seeing now don't seem as big to us as like the story of Phoenix Lights, the story of Battle of Los Angeles, because that stuff we hadn't seen. Now it's becoming more regular for people to see you know, a, a moving shape in the sky, a tic tac in the sky, things like that. It's becoming more regular. What I like, what I seen Christmas Day, that could have caused all kinds of hysteria forty years ago, causing it to become a major historical event. So maybe, maybe the events are just the exact same size as they were back then. We're just accustomed to it. I want to tack on to that really quick, maybe. and in that, like, I agree with Tanner because video evidence of all paranormal stuff is more prevalent than it's ever been. The problem is that now with technology advanced as far as it is, it's so easy to fake so much of it that it's hard to tell what's real and what isn't. If you had a picture of a right. UFO in uh, you know, the 30s or the 40s, that was monumental because how do you fake something like that? Or, you know, the the picture right. of the brown lady or you know, stuff like that. But now anyone with a cell phone, a camera, whatever, can make a convincing edit. That I saw a video the other day of John Cena at, at a Waffle House throwing a chair <laughs> at a woman. He was never in that Waffle House, but it was so convincing. It really looked like it happened. It really and looked like it happened. And he went and danced at that wedding in the suit, and he was yes. doing Gangnam Style, but it was very somber because he was alone. Yes. That one was real, though, weirdly. <laughs> that was the weird one. <laughs> but, but I was just saying, I, I think it's, it's you know, in an era of fake news and in an era of, like, what is real and what isn't, when no one believes anything they see anymore because everything's, like, either fake or you think yeah. it's fake. Um, I just I just think it's harder to convince people and because I'm not convinced. I spend I Hunter, you made that joke that one time of you know that that X Files episode of Fox Mulder sitting in his bed and they're talking about you know just rewinding he's just the, rewinding that the Bigfoot video. This is a Bruder film. Yeah, yeah, that's that's me. That's me every night uh, yeah. before I go to bed. I'm watching ghost videos and UFO videos and going like, well, that's not real. Well, that could be real. It's it's it, you know it, I, I take so much of this happens. shit in constantly. What happens every time we do an episode of this show? It always comes back to the title. I want, I to, want believe. to believe. I want to believe because I want the world to be more interesting, but yeah. I need I need evidence. I don't need to believe. Yeah. I want to believe. I, so, there was a quote I, by Fox Mulder that I tried to find for the intro of this show, and I could not find it. And it's from an, a later episode, like from the new series, where he says, I, I only want to believe actual evidence is hard to come by. And I could not find that clip, but it's absolutely yeah. true. I want to believe, but actual f- evidence that isn't yeah. just a fucking TikTok video that's gone viral is hard to find. Yeah. Tanner. So put a cap on it. A couple things. The fact that we're looking for evidence and we're ha- and then a lot of people still have a hard time believing things especially in aliens, UFOs, things like that. How many times have we had an incident, and we've mentioned a couple of them here, major incidents where there's multiple, multiple people who witnessed the incident and had the exact same encounter, and that's not enough. We talked about Battle of Los Angeles. That was witnessed by an entire town. Uh, Phoenix Lights. About the Phoenix Lights. Right. That was, that's major. And then you bring right. up another one from 1969, the Berkshire UFO incident brought up on uh, Unsolved Mysteries. 250 people in that county came up with the exact same story of the exact same things happening. Here's here's how I could... Here's how I can explain why we're still in a situation of, but how are we not there? And I can sum it up in one sentence. Just because I can't explain it doesn't mean it can't be explained. 
I'm, I'm not all knowing. I don't know anyone who is. So just because we don't have an official explanation for it, to me, is not sufficient evidence for then that means it cannot be explained. I recognize that burden of proof is on the accuser and that if you're saying this happened and you have proof for it and I don't have irrefutable proof that it isn't the case, that that, that certainly you know makes a, a maybe compelling case for it. But it's still not explained. I still don't know what it is. That's what if, I if think. If you can't definitively say to me, this is what it is, and here it is, and I can show you, and I can prove that to be the case to you. I, I mean, again, it goes back to, to ghost evidence. If you can't definitively put one in place and say and, and have it admit, I'm a ghost, like that kind of thing, which may never happen, right? But if, if you can't definitively prove to me what it is, then I'm always still going to be a little skeptical, even if I can't explain what happened. And that's that's so much of history too. Of like we accept it's that it's that uh, it's always sunny thing where Mac and uh, Dennis were arguing about science. There's so much stuff yeah. that we, we take as fact just because enough people said it's fact, but we ourselves have not. I don't know if Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte ever existed. I assume he did because enough people said he did, and there's like records of sure. it. And there's records of UFO crashes. You know, like. Yeah. But it's more believable that there was this man that existed that did these things in history than it is to say, you know, 256 people saw a UFO in, in this town. Um, well, and that's why that show was called Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction. And it was one of the best <laughs> shows. You have, to get past, you have to get past the what do I think happened. And it was hosted so by Jonathan, the great Jonathan Franks. Go, it never happened. Here's, here's my thing. It's when not it comes real. to ghosts, I, I do believe. I, I, without I want that, I believe. I, I'm past that point with ghosts. I've seen enough personally. I'm good. Now well, I understand. And I understand and I recognize that what I've seen does not change anybody else because it's definitive. Well, it might not, but yeah. it could. There, there, there are people, and I mean, you're also in that position because I'm sure it's not just things that you have seen personally. It's also accounts you have heard from other people that match up to things that you've experienced, mm-hmm. things you have witnessed that you go, I can't, I can't prove anything. Well, you know, that you're, I don't have any definitive proof that, that isn't the case. As for example, just as an example for me, this is one of the f- few things that have happened to me that like definitively helped me set, okay, yeah, there's something going on at this place. Uh, me and Shannon were talking about earlier, uh, Scott Poole with American Ghost Project. I'm trying to get him on here with at some point in time. He wants to come on. There's one night we are investigating at the hospital in Cairo, the old abandoned one, and me and another guy are walking from one end of the hallway back towards them in one of the operating rooms. There, There's four of them in the operating room. Me and Logan are by ourselves coming down the hallway. We get almost to the operating room and you hear the voice of a female in the hallway with us singing. We stop and we're freaking out looking for it. Scott comes running out of the operating room to scold us, like get onto us for playing around and singing in the hallway. And he's like, are y'all singing out here? We're like, no, dude, but you heard that? Yeah, we caught the EVP of it. I mean, I I, I don't know. So for, for me, that was definitive enough. But now how you can take the account. I'm not just talking about like just the Berkshire thing with just 250 people take into account, uh, everybody with the Phoenix lights, everybody with the uh, battle of, uh, battle of Los Angeles. You take into account anybody else that's ever seen anything where you have entire Facebook groups who have multiple, multiple people who are corroborating the exact same story coming up with pictures of the exact same object from different angles from where their location they were at. And it's the fact of how the you know the size of the universe, or, or not even just the universe, just the, the cosmic space. How can anybody refute the existence of aliens? You know whether or not they're visiting here is one thing, but I, I just I, that blows my mind that we still have that discussion in society today. 
So Tanner, something. And yet again, I, I I don't know how it could because there's no definitive proof. You cannot you well, cannot definitively prove that's the case. You can certainly believe it, and don't get me wrong. I'm sorry if you can the, go to if you can go to Texas and more than one person says that you killed somebody, that's enough proof to send you to the front of the line for death. Ah, uh, the legal system is a very different thing from from moral turpitude. And, Those and, are two very different things. And the, the, you you know good and well that the difference between the the legal court and the court of public opinion are two very different things. O.J. Simpson killed those people, but he's not in jail, and he never was in jail for it. And you know good and well that that's a that's a big difference. He didn't kill those people because murder is legal in the state of California. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they were messing with his lucky stabbing hat. Uh, so and he, I, leave that thing alone. I just want to add one thing to that real quick before we move to the next topic. I love the conversation. I really do. I think this is great. Uh, man, that sounded sarcastic. I didn't mean it to. Um, <laughs> But, Everything you say sounds sarcastic. But the, the crazy part to me Until is you're drunk. hearing Tanner talk about his personal experiences and how that is proof to him. I think the personal experience is the only way to believe something because you can be well, told a million times. Proof is always going to be personal, right? But the Here, crazy, but, but the crazy part. Yeah, well, let many, me let me say my point for you again, okay. man. Let me just get so. it out. <laughs> my point, my point is that like I myself have seen things. I have seen ghosts. I have seen UFOs. And I still don't believe it. And that's the weird part to me is that, like, despite having these personal experiences that I can't explain and that I, at one point, at least believed were completely paranormal, to this day, at, at this point in time, in 2023, I still don't believe these things exist. I want to believe they exist. And then sometimes I think to myself, like Hunter said, it would take a ghost to come out and say, I am a ghost for everyone to go, oh, wow, ghosts are real. And I think to myself, but would we? Would I? Even if even if the I ghost can, appeared, then I can think of at if least you two didn't experience our, it personally. Or even if I did, people, I can think of two people in our friends group right now. A ghost could walk out, slap them in the face with their dick, and they would still think that wasn't real. Jesse and the Anasa. reason that would be the case is because, again, <laughs> if, if 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 we're working still under the assumption that ghosts are an impossible phenomenon, then you would have to definitively prove that that is a ghost, that that thing happened, and you'd have to be able to repeat it. Scientifically, I mean, if you want to go from an analytical mind in that perspective, it has to be something that can be repeatable, that you can control and make happen in some form or fashion. That's the way the natural world works. And even if, if you we could, can't do that, that's going to lead to, to problems in belief. Well, I think even if you could do that, even if you could have a ghost repeat itself over and over again, it's still just a theory. It's still a theory. And there would be people that would still say, well, that's not a that's not the soul of a dead person. That's not a dead person. That is hallucination caused by gas in the earth. That is this. That is that. Like proof and belief is so hard and maybe it's just that way when you get older maybe i don't know but it, it's it's why we continue to look and we're never satisfied with what we find it is the point of human existence i think is to search for Absolutely. the things you know and that's beautiful i think that's amazing personally that is sure that is what life is built on but again we could talk about it all night and maybe we should just have one topic per show like we used to have <laughs> instead of covering the stories but we do have other things to talk about and this is important shit tanner i want you to read the next story because uh 2022 has passed us and now we're looking forward to 2023 and we got some real shit to talk about tanner oh god you know i almost put this under myself and i'm glad hunter did it because i was like i don't know there's, for the record, the remaining, if we're just going with what happens here down to the bottom, the remaining stories are all about, like, so we didn't, before Tanner gets into this, again, we didn't do a show from the beginning of August until now. You have not had us for almost six months. Um, we, we had the Midwest Conference on the Unknown, unknown in early Which, August. We, I, I, I think we need to talk a little bit about before we leave today. Sure, we'll finish. Okay. Yeah. Um, we... we um, you know, we had the 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 Howl's Tale specials, but those were all scripted and fictional and stuff that we created. Um 
So there's been a lot that happened in 2020, and then there's also a lot to look forward to in 2023. That's really what these first two stories are about, things uh, that might happen this year from trusted professionals who, again, check and recheck the facts. Not Dave Meltzer this time. We went above Dave, no. Dave Meltzer on this one. Uh, no, we're going over his pay grade on this. Tanner, I want you to read the first one, and then Hunter, I want you to follow up with, uh, with the oh, next yeah. one. So go ahead, That's something I can do. Oh, good. Give me this one. Grand Warlock of Mexico makes not-so-grand 2023 predictions. Well, I'm going to reserve judgment until I hear what you have to say. I'm All also right. going to go change the name in the group chat to Grand Warlock of Mexico real quick. Seriously? Um, <laughs> Jesse? Uh, you guessed it. Sure. Right on the money. It's there you go. And, and even if it wasn't going to be, it is now. What was his name before? I have to remember for eternity. Uh, Jesse, well, Jesse prior, prior to that, was the Gospel of Goku. Yeah, we could change that. We're good. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he is El Jefe with a taco truck in Mexico. The Grand Warlock of Mexico. All right. A, cl- <laughs> a colorful clairvoyant known as the Grand Warlock of Mexico has issued his forecast for 2023. Much like his vegetable... Willie oh, no, you British- can skip that. Hang on, hang on. I'll get to that part. Just skip over that part. Just go right to his name. Okay. Antonio Vasquez is something of a celebrity in his home country thanks to pageantry of his traditional January press conferences wherein... Oh, you messed me up. Sorry. Wait, oh, sorry. He has he has uh, annual press conferences in January oh, yes. to for, for the coming okay. year. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, where he uses tarot cards to pre- predict uh, what will unfold over the next coming year. Uh, reportedly, it continues uh, this past Tuesday in Mexico City when the Grand Warlock took to the stage and revealed his uh, progn- oh, geez, prognostications. Prognostications, yeah. Uh, for 2023, predictions. his predictions for 2023. Yeah, someone's same. being someone's being fucking fancy. Uh, unlike Lindsay. in 2022, when Vasquez, <laughs> when he used the occasion to mostly muse about the state of the world rather than forecast future events, he seemingly returned to his uh, usual form as this year's press conference, offering an array of insights on 2023 by way of his trusty tarot cards. According to the Grand Warlock, there does not appear to be. Uh, an end to the war in Ukraine because the United States is, quote, because the United States is maintaining it there. It is sending a lot of money. Good prediction. End quote. End quote. And that this will result in a serious problem, again, quote, serious problem on the planet because of that, end quote. Though he did not specify that those issues might, what those issues might be. Well, ah, Vasquez, shit, it's just Meltzer again. Vagueness. <laughs> 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 While Vasquez warned of geopolitical turmoil, he also in the global economy would, quote, Really be really balanced with Mexico having a particularly good year, though he did also Tacos caution that the though he damn it <laughs> though he did also caution that the country will see an increase in violence. Tacos are hell you scarce say. in Mexico. No, surely not. <laughs> Beyond that, the Grand Warlock <laughs> observed that his tarot cards did not foretell any significant natural disasters across the planet for 23. Nor did he see any new. Uh, pandemics this year. Thank God. Thank you, Vasquez. Vasquez. You're going to be wrong. How many years did he say that? How many years was it like that? I don't see any pandemics coming up. Uh, also, get your tiger repellent on the way out. Yeah. It'll keep those tigers away from you. What? Tiger uh, since... repellent? Lindsay, you've already got it. Do you see any tigers around you? They're out in the hallway. Shannon, I'd like to buy your tiger repellent. But doesn't do anything. <laughs> anyway, Taylor, go ahead. All right, so his uh, his predictions for 2022 were kind of somewhat scant, so checking their accuracy now. Is, uh, though he did correctly foresee that Mexico would fa- uh, fail to advance past the group stage in the World Cup. Wow, okay. so like his predictions for 2023 were also somewhat scant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm thinking like this dude is really hitting the nail on the head predicting that Although, Mexico to, to would fair, fail to advance. Yeah. 
<laughs> to be fair, if if his predictions fair. are true and it's going to be a Matt year, I thank God we need that. I, I'll take a Matt year. Well, I think his tarot card said that it's going to be a mad year, but it could not be. But also, he might not right. actually have it's, tarot cards. It's easy to predict a mad year when over the past couple, and we got to stop saying that phrase, by the way. When over the past couple of years, we've had a global pandemic, uh, an insurrection in our country. like Dogs and cats living together. Right. right. Mass hysteria. Nostradamus. It's just Meltzer again. I'm very disappointed in the Grand Warlock. Can I tell you about somebody I trust more? Well, who, Can who, I do this real quick? Who do you believe, Hunter? So I, I stopped Tanner from mentioning this person earlier because I wanted to be the one to bring it up first. Um, we have some more 2023 predictions, this time from Asparagus, because fuck you, that's why. Uh, it's a popular British psychic medium, so that's a great start. The Brits, who we've already made fun of, psychic mediums who, who we very who believe in them. Yeah. Um, who claims she can predict the future using, and I shit you not, Asparagus uh, has issued a forecast for 2023. She has dubbed, I didn't want Tanner to get to say this first, the Asparavancer. Well, go change the name. Um, okay, so she's not called Asparagus. She's just using well, right. Asparagus because, to divinate. Right, she she's the Asparamancer. The Asparamancer. And yeah. the best part is her actual name is Jemima Packington. Why no. you wouldn't want to be that, I don't know. Um, I and I shit you not, quote, something of a celebrity in the UK, isn't everybody? Um, thanks to her rather unique divination technique, wherein, yes, she does indeed toss asparagus in the air and studies the patterns uh, that it forms when it hits the ground, and this tells her something about what's going to happen. Uh, now, in the past, to be fair, she has been accurate. She has predicted uh, Brexit, supposedly, uh, as well as Boris Johnson becoming Prime Minister of the UK. In 2022, some argued that she even foresaw the passing of Queen Elizabeth. She said the asparagus suggested the royal family would, quote, experience sadness, Scandals and worse. Now, again, that's the just the royal family. Yeah. yeah, surely not, it's right? The queen uh, dying at ninety something. Are you serious? In any case, uh, for 2023, here's what we got from the Asparamancer. Uh, largely centered around events in England, the forecast reportedly includes the announcement of more royal births. Surely not with young married couples in the royal family, right? Turmoil and a joyous coronation for King Charles. No, the hell you say. Uh, food shortages will cause rationing as well as an increase in home gardening in the UK. Outside of Britain, she says, uh, unexpected deaths amongst showbiz personalities. Like, that never happens. Um, not all will be age-related. Well, you know, of course, somebody's going to die coke overdose. Right, and or, you know, car accidents. Uh, turmoil in Asia due to COVID, literally happening right now. Renewed concerns over climate change. There's nothing to renew. They're happening all the time. Uh, the forecast is fairly vague. That's being generous. Packington did uh, predict, though, that England will win the Women's World Cup and the UK will not return to the EU. Again, it hasn't done so yet. Uh, looking back at her 2022 predictions, because we did it for the Warlock, we got to do it for the Asparamancer. Uh, many believe she did... I got to stop saying these phrases. Um... Many believe she did foresee the death of Queen Elizabeth. Again, her suggestion Boris Johnson would make the UK prime minister uh, throughout the year was off the mark. She thought he would make it all year long. Um, she forecasted a win for Croatia in the World Cup. That didn't happen either. Uh, Bennett at Cumberbatch would supposedly get a, an Oscar nomination. That did actually happen. Um, she predicted the power of the dog. That film would win for Best Picture. 
incorrect. So it turns out the asparagus is a is a fifty fifty jump. She had well, to move the mic in front of his face so that he could hide during the story. Well, I just keep getting an image of the divination teacher from Harry Potter with the big crazy glasses, but with a huge bundle of asparagus. Right? There's <laughs> a meme, by the way, that that Matt Sism <laughs> shared to me a while ago, and I hope he's listening because he'll appreciate this. I'm gonna butcher it, but it was something to the effect of, "I don't understand why reading tea leaves on the bottom of a cup is some mystical thing, but if I." slam dunk an open can of ra- of beef ravioli in the parking lot of a 7-Eleven to decide what kind of Mountain Dew I should get, that suddenly gets me arrested. <laughs> like, why is one mystical and the other one's weird? <laughs> oh, and now I forgot the joke I, like I was going to make, and it was good, too. I'm sorry. Lindsay, what'd you say a second ago? I'll figure it out. Um, I, I just said it just made me think oh, of the divination teacher in Harry no, Potter. No, be quiet now because I remembered it. I was going to say, Hunter, that's because the asparagus is a liar. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. I got it almost correct, by the way. I, I can't man- I can't believe I managed to look this up in one thing. It says, how come reading tea leaves is seen as this sophisticated witchy thing, but if I slam dunk an open can of Chef Boyardee ravioli onto the pavement in the gas station parking lot to see what kind of soda the old ones think I should buy, now foodstuff divination suddenly isn't cool anymore. <laughs> I find both of I your like production predi- productions predictions, productions to be <laughs> slide slide ducky production productions. <laughs> I find both of your predictions to be boring and esoteric, so Dead. and derivative. So of what I went and found a real clairvoyant named oh, Baba no. named Baba Vanga. Uh, she That's is not real. well. So she her real name is uh, Vangelia Gustarova. And, mm-hmm. she, and she claims that God gave her the gift of looking to the future and made predictions up until 5079, which are revealed before the start of each year. The Bulgarians' visions are said to be 85% correct and have included the likes of Brexit, the death of Princess Diana, the dissolution of the Soviet Union, and 9-11. So I here, need to point out before you go any further that percentages are bullshit because if you make a prediction, it, it, it takes literally nothing to make a prediction. If she's talking all the time, 85% of predictions could be literally every, like 85% of the things that she says aloud. Yeah, but 85% I can of make the time. predictions right now. 85% of the time, she's right every time. Every time. Yeah. So here's some that of her. Here's her predictions for 2023. She said that 2023 will see the end of natural human births as they will be banned. Okay, well at least she's going for the gold, man. Just immediately. I, I well, like thank God it. I made I would, it in there with my kid. I would much rather hear. I thought you just meant like thank God you were born before. I would I would much rather before you go any further hear like the most off the wall bullshit yes. you've ever heard in your yeah. life than just the safest like oh I don't know who's going to win the world cup no no right. no. no I want to hear that human birth is yes. going to be outlawed Baba Vanga is bringing it she said that the dystopian it's projection It's a natural human birth so you have to go to the doctor and have them all cut out of you Nope she said right. government leaders no. uh, will oh. ban births and call for all human life to be born in a, grown in a lab Leaders and medical experts will decide who was born while parents would be able to customize their traits and appearances like yes. hair color and eye color. <laughs> I love it. Go for the gold, man. Uh, she also said that the Earth would experience a change in its orbit, which will have devastating consequences. Uh, the planet... It, yeah. <laughs> yes, it would. Come uh, on, man. Hit me with it. 
She said it, it's going to go one of two ways. She's not completely sure, but it's one of two ways. Either the Earth's going to move closer to the sun, which uh, we would then be faced with increased radiation and temperatures that would you know, kill us all, or uh, as a knock-on effect, glaciers will rapidly melt, sea levels would rise, this will result in a global emergency as the world attempts to cope with the change. On the other hand, if the Earth were to move further away from the sun, we would be pushed into an ice age with hours of darkness. We already have hours of darkness. Anyway, right, it's happening right now. It's dark at four thirty. It kills me. She also said that uh, a big country will carry out bioweapon studies on humans, which will result result in the deaths of thousands of people. I will. Tanner, a big country, not just big country. Yeah, he said big country. I didn't know I was doing that shit. Uh, she also warned <laughs> that. What am I doing? Soon, a nuclear power plant will explode. Thanks, Ooh, this eerie prediction comes after her alleged foreshadowing of the Chernobyl disaster. Her alleged for she was just thinking when she just said out loud one day, it's like, oh, like something's gonna explode today. That's it. <laughs> That's it. As soon as you said a nuclear power plant was gonna melt down, all I could hear was uh Homer Simpson, sector seven G, sir. <laughs> Simpson, eh? <laughs> Simpson, eh? And lastly, uh, of course, you know, you're not going to have a 2023 without the solar tsunami. Um, sure. It, the, the arrival of a massive solar storm, one that will be on uh, a scale that planet Earth has never seen before. Solar storms uh, occur when a burst of energy is released from the sun, sending electrical charges. Um, these more powerful we're, solar storms predicted so by Baba Vanga will result in damage to technology and could lead to mass blackouts and communication failure. So if we're so jaded, it just sounds like the bit from, uh, what's that fucking show? The good place. Yeah. Yeah. The time knife. We've all seen it. Like yeah, the yeah. solar tsunami, of course, move on. And lastly, before we finish up with the, uh, Midwest conference of the unknown, I'll read this one here. 2022, the year that was very, 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 very fucking weird. 22 in the no good, very fucking weird day. 2022 featured a bevy of odd incidents and curious discoveries which remain unexplained as the year draws to a close from decades-old ghost mail that was inexplicably delivered to a woman in New York and a phantom pruner, a no longer neighborhood in Texas, to an ancient mass frog grave unearthed in Britain and a series of puzzling holes found on the Atlantic Ocean floor. The past 12 months were riddled with inexplicable events that provided some questions, more questions than answers. With that in mind... Here are 12 unsolved mysteries from 2022 that continue to leave us scratching our heads. What caused Japan's legendary killing stone to suddenly split in half? That was something, as I recall, we talked about on a show at one point. Um, it was the the fox legend, the legend of the yes. kitsune and all yeah. that. Yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Who stole a box of human heads from a medical research truck in Denver? Joe Pesci. Yeah. Actually, it turns it was, out that it was, was Pesci. It was because it, yeah. it started with eight yeah. heads in a duffel bag. But then it, right. but then it, it ballooned from there. Does anybody remember that film? Am I the only oh, yeah. ones? No, I remember. Uh, he also he got over that eventually, though. Marv still wanted to do it, and he kept saying, "That's a sick thing to do, Marv. You're a sick guy." Anyway, George Hamilton was in that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, that's one of the mysteries. How was George Hamilton in that movie? <clears throat> no, why did a woman oh, in New know. York State receive ghost mail that had been sent from Canada decades ago? Because the post office sucks. How did an uprooted tree in a uh, Ghanaian village wind up back in an upright position a week later? They put it back up. What is the source of a mysterious series of holes spotted along the floor of the Atlantic Ocean? I Ocean's haunted. I assume Cthulhu's fucking the, the earth. Anyway. Yeah, just load your gun. Ocean's haunted. Tanner, who was the individual terrifying communities in Malaysia by knocking on doors of homes in the middle of the night and then vanishing without a trace? There he goes. You guessed it. Frank Stallone. Frank Stallone. Alone. <laughs> Where did a massive gold-colored chariot that washed ashore in India originate from? I don't know. Greece? 
What was the meaning behind a series of cryptic messages mailed to a man in Virginia from someone calling themselves Molly May? Uh, he pissed someone off real good. <laughs> and her name? Frank Stallone, yeah. weirdly enough. That's her real name. Why did a massive flock of birds suddenly plummet from the sky in a nightmarish viral video from Mexico? Well, that actually sounds pretty I creepy. Do, I do remember that, yeah. Who was they, the f- uh, they, went, they went to the edge of the map. There was no more draw distance. They hit that wall. And they just died. <laughs> Who was the phantom pruner film trimming hedges outside of homes in a Texas neighborhood? Is this a joke list? Like, I'm starting to wonder. Well, apparently these are real things. I didn't bring up every single one of the stories. A couple of them we talked about, as I recall, but like I haven't actually seen all of these. Um, I really, I'm going to go look at this one because this one sounds creepy. Yeah. So continue. Not supernatural in any way, just somebody with a lot of time on their hands and uh, just a dick. Right. Whose remains were contained in a burial urn discovered by hikers in a New York State Park? And why were thousands of frogs buried, buried in an ancient mass grave discovered in Britain? All questions we may never never have answers to, unfortunately. But or maybe we um, will. It's hard to the tell. The Phantom Pruner is exactly as weird as it sounds. It's just a, a security video of a guy who's like walking around at three in the morning in this Texas neighborhood, and he's cutting pieces off of a tree. No one knows him. No one knows why he's doing it. And they never explained it. It's very weird. Not paranormal. Maybe just weird human morning. behavior. Well, apparently he has an unleashed dog with him that's just like follow him, following him while he does it, and he like looks around and stuff. But Maybe I guess he, he could just still doesn't be like to work during the day. That's so and, strange. And likes to work unsolicited. Yeah, it's very weird. I, I was just watching. I kind of skimmed through the the news story for it, but yeah, twenty twenty two was a year a weird year, man. Um, I, the thirteenth one obviously would be why didn't we do this show for five months? Um, oh, I can but... I can solve that mystery right now. Um, I played laziness. Played video games and uh, had a. It wasn't laziness, Lindsay. I wear anything but lazy. You worked very hard for that breakdown. I Talk did. For yourself, I'm lazy. I worked very hard for my newfound alcoholism, and you will respect it. We also, I mean, again, I can't stress enough that I, I think we all considered uh, the Howl's Tales part of this show. Yeah, it was this show. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, dude, we went hard in the paint in October. We did. Like it, it was, I remember writing stories literally up to the minute that we would go on and record them yes. and editing and, and Absolutely. You know, grabbing a yeah. cast, even sometimes at the last minute being like, I need you on, get over here. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, honestly, again, you go back and listen to those stories and the fact that we put together some compelling, interesting stories, it's five a, of them, short a, stories. A good anthology. It was. With with a collective narrative, something that like a through line that connected all of them. That's you don't yeah. you don't get that everywhere, especially not that quick and not that. And free. then and then so, the and then the twist at the end that it actually ties that we dropped the ball back. in November. Well, is is that it ties into the it was a horrors of, horrors of Perryville, like it right. it tied yeah. back into our ongoing tabletop game, which I thought was a cool we twist. Did. We did Welcome to Night Vale without any of us ever actually listening to Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> that's what we did. I mean, at the end of the day, that's how it turned out. Uh, Tanner, before we get out of here, yeah. we didn't get to talk about the Midwest Conference of the Unknown very much after the fact. Uh, what do you think? Let's let's touch on that real quick. Like Matt Gates at a slumber party. Let's touch on it real quick. Oh, no, oh. no not this show, Shannon. Sorry, wrong show. Wrong show. So <clears throat> we, God, really, it really sucks we didn't do it while it was all still fresh, but. I we did. By the way, if you go look, the last we show talked we a little bit about, about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was a short show, but we did a show. It was about a the, super the short show. And it's going to be even shorter now. Like Twenty thirty minutes, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it it was it was a fun. I had fun that weekend. I got to meet some really great 
uh, talk about some different research. Uh, I unintentionally got pulled into panels I didn't want to get pulled into. Gosh damn it. Uh, no. No, I, I, will not, I will not accept that answer because I remember sitting next to you at some of these panels and he'd talk about stuff and you'd raise your hand and be like, hey, Scott, it was no, this. No, <laughs> not that panel. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. I thought it was an alien. I thought but, it looked like an alien. But yeah, no, like I, some of these people who like I only know through ghost hunting stuff, like I'm finding out we share connections and studying, uh, you know, other everything else, cryptozoology, the ufology, you know, everything. And actually, it's you. It's you. Apology now. <laughs> you better offer an apology. Lindsay liked yeah, it. She's joke. fucking cracking up. Yeah. Who apology? Who apology? Uh, so, uh. Yeah, and then like some of the panels we got to sit in on that, you know, it wasn't just ghost hunting. It was some of it was really interesting. Uh, yeah, Michael Huntington's uh, panel was really good. And then the, the panel they had the last day, I was, I think I was the only one there for that one. Yeah, I only went the one day, uh, but so, it was, they brought, was fantastic. They brought everybody, all the guests, all the guest speakers that were there still at the time. They brought everybody into the panel room, and we all just kind of sat there talking. Like everybody kind of came up to the front rows. And it was an open discussion with the people who were in there as as just the audience and the speakers. And it was it was an hour and a half of just open discussion linking linking every aspect of paranormal research together and it was phenomenal. Like you have Micah Hanks who who delves mostly into the UFOs, uh, tying some UFO culture and research into the cryptozoology aspects of it tying it into Bigfoot research and just, it was really fun and really interesting. Uh, sitting in on one of those um, panels with Tanner made me realize for all of the people that take this seriously and study it and have a general respect for it, there are so many people that are just actual fucking kooks. There's definitely those. Because there was more than once some guy would talk yeah. and he would like talk. And they're always the loudest ones, by the way. They're the loudest. Yes. And, so and you, most you remember passionate. the one woman who was in the back of the room? She literally was in a, she had like two chairs taped off. Like literally had police tape around them in a corner of the back room. And she was back there. She was a former uh, U.S. Yeah. government employee. That was the experimenter. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it was but, good, though. It was good. And good I, up, schnooks. And I, and I can't wait for 2023s. I hope Ken Murphy does it again. I hope we can be of more assistance on this one. Well, I hope we get to do a sequel to that radio play. Yes, I was. Uh, I was told well, there would be a sequel. Well, look, as I'm good still as waiting. as good as that radio play was, it was that final little nudge we needed to do our own, which was yeah. Also, yeah, I, fantastic. Look, I'm not gonna lie to you. I would not hate the idea of of doing uh, not a, not a, a series, but a one a one-stop um, version of the Howl's E-Tales there well, that we did. You know, like I've, do a live version of it. Well, I've, you know, speaking of, of doing more stuff, I've got this idea for a, a Batman story that, Oh yeah. We need oh to, yeah. We talked about that yesterday. We talk that's about that's that, coming. So. We'll feed you baby birds. Yeah. And I, I would love to do, uh, even if we don't call them Howl's E-Tales, I really do want to do, even if it's once a month, I, I would like to do another short run series of short horror stories in a different style. Um, I would like to do that more often. And you're seeing more and more of that nowadays. Like Bridgewater season two is going to come out. I'm fucking psyched well, for it. Horror anthology has always been my favorite thing in the world. Whether it's Tales from the Dark Side, Tales from the Crypt, Creep Show, um, The Outer Limits. 
uh, God, I forget the one that was about science. They, they did a science one too. Twilight Zone, obviously. So I love shit like that. That has always been my dream was to make a, a anthology series. And this is this oh, is my medium. It just it just occurred to me it'll be way easier this year because now tie it all back and just have J- uh, Chat GPT write them for you. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, that brings this episode of <laughs> I Want to Believe to a close. Um, I, I few, so future episodes. What we'd like to do, I know Tanner, you talked about bringing uh, the gentleman from the American Ghost Project on. We obviously want to get Scott Walter back on here again because we yeah. we miss him dearly. And uh, I think the goal this year is to have even more guests come on and talk about their experiences, talk about what they believe. Don't, don't keep it and to hear just from us. us at least once a month. Yeah, because to, to be fair, like when it comes to talking about these stories, short of something really big happening, it's basically us just rehashing the same things we've talked about over and over again. So it sure. kind of it does get hard yeah. to do this. I would like to bring more people in who can share their stories, and we can have discussions about it. You that's, know, that's the goal this year. Like, yeah, we, we talked about doing more live shows. Obviously, when it's just us here doing, I want to believe, there's no point in going live. Like, we can sit here and talk about this stuff and do whatever. Now, when there's a guest here, I want to be live on Facebook because I want to. I want our fans, I want our listeners and watchers to be able to interact with our guests as well. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm going to do when Joey, when I get inevitably when I get Joey Swole on the show. It's going to happen. Chuck Chuck Tangle vetoed. vetoed. Nope, nope, it's too late. It's already in the ether. All right, so that's going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be back tomorrow. Are we, are we doing plays tomorrow? No. Uh, oh, well, you guys. Tanner's probably- not. Right. Yeah, right. we Cody. Cody was basically trying to hash out whether or not we could do this week's episode without Tanner, because sometimes we can do it without somebody, and sometimes we can't, um, depending on what's happened that week. So I don't know if he ever confirmed that, but there's, I would say there's a, a good possibility that we will still be on tomorrow night. So Red Red just randomly disappears. He comes and goes as he pleases. I, I again, I love the idea that he's like a blink dog, like he just comes in and out of existence he's, whenever he's needed. He's like a parasite. For how tall he is, to just van- that's much dog. funnier. Yes, exactly. If, uh, if you're a Final Fantasy fan at all, he's basically Shadow from Final Fantasy VI or three. Yep. If you're an American and you're an asshole. <laughs> so we'll be back tomorrow potentially with a new episode of PZ85 Plays. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow yep. or on Wednesday for uh, Pro Wrestling Scripted. But Point Hunter, it's going to be a heavy show, man. Oh, boy. Vince is- I only watched about an hour of Raw tonight, but there's nothing there that compares to all the other shit that's been going on for the past week. No, Vince is back. They're selling it to the Saudis. Randy Orton is anti-vax. We got a whole lot to talk about on Wednesday. That is Wednesday. It got out of hand real fast. The hell. Thursday, another episode of After Dark, and then Friday, hopefully, we can get some horses running up in here. But until then, horse time for myself. Alien time is ending for myself, for Tanner, for Hunter, and for Lindsay. Thank you guys for listening, and remember, watch the ski. Die. Later.